CPR. Eric stood to the side, bouncing on the balls of his feet and swinging his arms to keep warm. Yeah, I found her slumped by the pine tree and later flat. No pulse, but still a little warm. After a couple of compressions, I realized all I was doing was pushing out a little more blood. McGill looked at his stained hands and cringed. Officer Jenkins joined them, saw the body, and disappeared the way she came with her hand across her mouth. Both patrolmen stifled chuckles. Lee, you want me to check on your rookie? Officer Lee slipped on his latex gloves and felt the victim's skin. Shaking his head, he stood and pulled the gloves off again. That's okay. The body is cooling and the detectives and coroners will be here soon. Let's go wait with her by the tape. Both men marched away from the brush to find the athletic woman sitting on the trail. Officer Jenkins leapt to her feet as the next wave of sirens and her fellow cops approached. Sorry, first dead body. I didn't get sick, I just needed a moment, she said. Eric went to pat her on the shoulder but stopped midway when he remembered the blood on his hands. She gave him a little nod for the attempted gesture. Officer McGill, would you like me to grab a blanket from the trunk? You know how long it will take to get your statement, Jenkins offered. Please and thank you, Eric answered. I am kind of wishing I wasn't in gym shorts and a tee. Jenkins passed a gaggle of soccer moms jogging toward the scene as they chatted. McGill and Lee watched as she politely directed them to another trail and continued onto the parking lot. Good rookie, Lee. Yeah, Jenkins has been doing great so far. Only a few months out of the academy, but she is a quick thinker, and her people skills are good. She just hasn't had the time to see all the real bad stuff yet. Eric's mouth was flat, and he gazed back at the dead teen on her island of leaves surrounded by a moat of her own blood. Here's hoping it stays that way for as long as it can, he mumbled. Lee said nothing, but remembered his first days as a cop. It was his second call that he saw his first dead body. The poor kid had been run down by a drunk and knocked out of one sneaker. Both officers put aside their memories and thoughts as Jenkins returned, leading a homicide detective, the county coroner, and a couple of forensic lackeys. The beige-gray blanket was draped over her arm, and a forced smile was plastered to her face. Chapter 3 Jenny sat on her couch, eating a bag of chips and watching the evening news. This morning's murder has so far yielded no suspects. The body of 16-year-old Natasha Jones was found in Gatlin Park around 7 this morning by off-duty police officer Eric McGill during his morning jog. The victim was reportedly stabbed and had her throat cut. Anyone with any information concerning this tragedy is encouraged to call. Jenny clicked off the television. They had no suspects. She'd left no evidence at the scene. She was certain. The young woman replayed the attack in her mind, looking for loose ends. She ignored the excitement it brought and instead focused on the specific actions and the risks they might bring. That increased the thrill, but she forced the sensation away for the moment. None. Nothing done wrong. All I have to do is follow my routine, but make sure to carry some pepper spray like I'm worried about being a victim, too, and no one will think anything about me. I'll be invisible, as always, she told her cat. The black and gray striped feline purred as her human petted her and told her all about her day at work ringing up people's groceries. Jenny rambled about stupid questions and technical problems until her cat wriggled out of her grasp. It sat by the scratching post until the murderer filled the scratcher with catnip. You're right, Figment. I should enjoy the good part of my day and make some dinner, she said as she scratched the cat's head. Today I got away with murder, and tomorrow morning I'm going right back to where I did it and telling the cop who found the body that I didn't see anyone suspicious on my regular jog. And then I'm going to come home and feed you before work, just like every other day. 
The cat purred as Jenny washed her hands and put a frozen pizza in the oven. She watched Figment playing with his feathered toy while she removed the murder weapon from the bowl of bleach and rinsed it. She looked at the pocket knife. Its blade was only three inches long, but it was sharp. Jenny ran the tip of her finger along the tiny nick in the blade. She remembered the way it cut through the girl's carotid artery, the smooth way it went between her protruding ribs with one thrust to release her vital fluids, the steam escaping her body as the life cascaded out and over Jenny's hands. A shiver of excitement rushed down the killer's spine as she closed her eyes to immerse herself in the recollection, the thrill of the hunt as she chose her target two weeks before. The teenager had been chosen simply from convenience. Everyone in the park had a routine. The girl was so easy for Jenny to outrun if overtaking her had gone wrong, but it hadn't. The teen was so malnourished she'd been easy to kill. Jenny listened to her cat tumbling with his toy as she remembered jogging beside her.